you're listening to Dentistry's Growing with Grace podcast. I am Allison Davis, and I am here with Tyler DeStefano from Living Legacy Financial Group. Welcome, Tyler. Hey, Allison. How are you doing? It's good, good to see you. Great. Thanks. How are you? Thanks. It's good to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get started, why don't you tell me a little bit about Living Legacy Financial Group? Yeah, so I started uh, Living Legacy Financial Group in 2007 with my dad and my sister, and we started as a general practice insurance and financial planning firm, and you know, back then we'd work with anybody that would talk to us, started with no clients, and never thought I'd be working with dentists. You know, back then I'd take a meeting with anybody that would talk to me, and then in 2008 started working with a few students from Tufts and BU and accidentally fell in love with dentistry and decided to commit to it, and from that point forward, every client we have is a dentist. That's all we do. Very nice. So what type of insurances do you offer with your practice? So disability insurance is really what we're known for out there and I think we're great at, but we handle life insurance, malpractice, liability, um, all the insurances. But I think disability insurance is really where we hang our hat and, and what we're known for out there okay. and great at. Very nice. And what is the importance with disability insurance and why should dentists have it? I think it's one of the most important financial planning considerations for a student or a resident or a dentist in practice because their whole life is predicated on the expectation that they can produce dentistry, you know, for like a long time and a lot of dentistry. And the odds of a dentist becoming disabled aren't exactly low compared to you or I, maybe you're a CPA, you know, something happens to their hand that could sabotage their career quickly. So for that reason, I think disability is a very, very important consideration. Yeah, absolutely. And as far as getting disability insurance, at what point in practice should somebody look into it? In the beginning, middle, where, what do you recommend? Definitely as soon as possible. It's not a layup where you just buy it whenever you want. You know, as a consumer, usually if we want something and, and we can afford it, you just buy it. But with disability, it's a, it's a big to-do. You have to be healthy to get it. And uh, because of that, you know, as soon as possible, really. Yeah, what are the most common situations you feel like dentists are turning to you looking for disability insurance? Any injuries or problems at work? What usually comes up when they're seeking their disability insurance? So a lot of times I do get calls when it's too late. You know, if something happened at work or they, they hurt themselves, that's when they think they call me. But unfortunately for them, those people, it's sort of too late. Um, but you, as soon as possible, graduating dental school, if they're buying a practice or starting a practice, even if they're 10 years in and they haven't updated it in quite a while, now we want to read their language and make sure it's relevant to their income and, and make updates for them. So for dentists who may not be familiar with disability insurance, what's the benefits of having it? Why would they need this if something were to happen to them in their practice? What kind of situation would this help them with? Yeah, so if that bell rings and they can't produce dentistry anymore, you know, their disability should pay them tax-free until age 65 at least. Uh, it should cover the overhead of their office. It should cover their loan payment if there is one. It should be that if they can't do dentistry anymore, it's not a total catastrophe financially. You know, financially, they should be able to move forward. Wow. Yeah. Definitely something sounds like a lot of dentists need. And as far as getting paid out on claims, I know sometimes that can be an issue with insurance. How has your experience been with that? It's true. I mean, if you research this stuff online or get on Dental Town and hear about it, you'll see the narrative out there that these companies are nasty and they don't pay claims, you know, why even bother getting it, they're just gonna deny your claim. And I wish I could say that narrative is wrong, but it's true, I see it all the time. But the genesis of where that experience comes from for people is that the words matter in these contracts, the language does matter. Uh, unlike life insurance where you're either dead or alive, 
disability can be very contentious and subjective and disability can mean a lot of different things. So the reason for that experience is as people usually we just buy things and that's it. We never read the words and these companies can take advantage of the fact that they know people don't know what to look for. They don't know the words. And as a result, the odds are stacking the company's favor. So in my practice, we read all the words of the contract, we explain it to the client, we slow the process down so they really understand and metabolize what these words mean so they can make a good decision. Yeah, absolutely. And with somebody looking into disability insurance, obviously a new graduate out of school may have a different kind of disability background or needs than a doctor who has a practice that's been going for 30 years. I mean, do you evaluate people at different stages of their practice or is it a one size fits all? Definitely different, you're right. So for a young dental student, cost is a big concern. You know, every $20 a month in terms of cost is a big deal. So we typically design it so it's very inexpensive at the beginning. We gotta be careful not to sabotage the integrity of what we're trying to do in the first place, but you can design it so it's much cheaper at the beginning. Um, and as they can afford to expand on it in the future, we, we set it up so that they can do that. Very nice. And are there any type of common mistakes that you've seen doctors make when getting disability insurance? Yeah, I think one of the ones I really see often is instinctively people will go to the people they already know to do their disability, like their person that's doing their auto insurance or their malpractice or their home insurance. Maybe it's a friend or family and it doesn't make these brokers unethical or bad people. But if you don't specialize in the space and do thousands of these contracts, you're going to make a mistake. And unfortunately, the client will be the beneficiary of that mistake. So there is a lot of room for error. So that's one mistake I see people make is that they go to the person they know and they try to do it themselves. And as I review this language and read it, it's, there's just a lot of errors. Um, so that's probably the biggest one I see. And do you work with a lot of people that are switching over from different companies? If you've read somebody's policy before and you're like, you know, I think we can do better, we can help you with this. Cause I feel like there's probably dentists out there who have it, who may have never even looked into their policy. Are those things that you help them evaluate what they're currently working with as far as disability? Yeah, if somebody already has disability, the first thing we do is read their contract. Hopefully it's in their best scenario, uh, best interest usually to keep what they have if the words are right. We don't want to redo it if we don't have to. But when we read these words, it's, it's very objective. There's not room for really interpretation. When I highlight these words for the doctors, those words are going to be in their favor, the company's favor. Mm -hmm. So I try to keep it very clinical in that sense when we read, review their contract here's what you have, I think it's wonderful, keep it, or I, I think it's uh, not so good, you know, we can fix it. Yeah, and what is exactly the process of applying for disability? Can someone just go purchase it, or do they have to go through an assessment? How is that process? Uh, so I, I explain it to this clients this way. If a disability company ever gives you a disability policy without taking blood and urine and getting medical records, mm -hmm. and they don't care to ask whether you're healthy or diabetic or have all sorts of health issues, the reason they do that isn't that they're being nice, it just means that it's littered with loopholes. A good company, a good contract, they're gonna put you through the ringer. It's gonna take two months to get approved. They do a pharmacy scan, they get your medical records, and they do their due diligence. And they decline on the unhealthy people, unfortunately, and they take all the healthy people. But as a result, the, the healthy people can get really superior language and pricing by going through that process. So it's a long process to get through. It takes a lot of patience. And are there any type of contracts that people sign when they sign up for disability insurance with, with other companies or with you? How would someone go about getting disability insurance? Um, so I would say they call somebody like me that really understands dentistry, is focused on it. Um, I see so many cases. I have my finger on the pulse of what's good and what's bad and what to look for. 
it starts with a conversation. They sign a HIPAA form, uh, they apply. And usually after they apply and we get an approval and a rating, we plug that rating into the software and we put together at least two or three options for them to think about. One might be the most expensive, but be perfect. Mm -hmm. Option number two and three might be cheaper, but compromised at some level. Um, but that's you know typically the, the process. Okay, very nice. And at what point, so I know you mentioned that sometimes it's too late when people come to you. Do you have any examples of what a situation would be like where someone's unable to be insured for disability insurance at what stage of their life or if something happened? Yeah, the, the, the typical example I see isn't that dramatic. It's more of maybe they've had back treatment over the few years or they already have carpal tunnel syndrome. They're not disabled yet, but they didn't realize they lost their insurability. Um, that's typically what I see is, now I do get examples where people are disabled and like, can I get disability? And I say, I'm sorry, it's too late. Let me try to help you in another way. But um, usually it's something where there's already issues in their medical records and they've just maybe graduated dental school and said they'll do it next year, they'll do it next year, and all of a sudden it's five years and they haven't done it yet. And then it's too late to get a good one at least. Yeah, and I'm sure that's extremely frustrating being on the other end and wanting to help someone and you can't. So what would be your biggest recommendation, whether it's graduating right from school getting disability insurance or when do you feel like somebody really needs to take the plunge to get it? I would at least apply as soon as possible. It doesn't mean you have to get it, but at least apply. Know okay. your stand, know what your rating would be, know what's covered or not covered. Uh, when you apply, there's no cost to apply. There's certainly no obligation, but at least apply. And then from there, usually the budget's the only reason not to get it. Nobody's gonna, no, no dentist is gonna say, I don't think I need this ability, or I think it's a terrible idea. Why would I ever do that? It's more of, oh, can I afford it yet? Should I do it yet? Maybe I'll wait a year. Um, but there's ways to work around that to make it affordable, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, especially with a dentist coming out of school, they are swamped with debt. Um, do you have budgets that fit everybody's price range? Can you give them different levels of coverage based off of their budget? Yeah, I mean, to do it right for a young dental student, it could be as much as $150 a month without cutting corners. It's not a huge number. Um, but if we need to compromise, there's certain things that they can take off to lower the cost, maybe down to $50 to $100 a month. It may not be perfect, but I think something certainly is better than nothing. You mentioned student loans, mm -hmm. number, and, and those don't just go away if you're disabled. So if our clients are going through $3,000 a month, it's hard to do while they're healthy and working. Imagine if they're not healthy and working. What, what, what happens to those student loan payments? It's not a good story. Yeah, and I mean, just to give like listeners an idea, so do you have like a difference in cost of like a new graduate, what they would be looking at for disability insurance versus a dentist who's maybe in their 40s looking at disability insurance? Yeah, for a new graduate that's maybe like a 30-year-old male or 28-year-old male, maybe $100 a month, do it right. Uh, a 40-year-old dentist, it could be four or $500 a month. It's wow. not that it's just more expensive, it's because it's a bigger volume, they're making more money. Um, so there's a lot more insurable interest. It's like buying life insurance. Two million of life insurance would cost more than a million. Same is true for a 30-year-old dentist versus a 40, just because they're buying more of it. Okay, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. And as far as if somebody did purchase disability insurance in their late 20s, does that rate change as they continue to make more money um, and they become more expensive to insure? Good question. So, um, no, it should be boarded if it's set up properly when, if they get it at 29, when they're 50, 60, 65 years old, the rate's the exact same as it was. I want to give the insurance company the, the legal permission to change your rate as they please. Some contracts are worded that way. And again, that stacks the odds in their favor because they, they underprice it at the beginning to get your business. And then they know that 10 years from later, they can just increase it and you really can't go anywhere else at that point. 
Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say that seems to be a very common um, occurrence I've heard with insurances is my rate keeps changing or it keeps going up. So there's definitely sounds like there's an importance in signing up when you're young and healthy versus older. Um, Wonderful. Absolutely. And then do you have any advice you'd give to young dentists about why they should sign up and anything you can help them with personally and getting signing up? Um, I would just say, give me a call. Let's get to know each other. Let's talk, you know, start the process and don't worry about budget. You know, we can make it fit. Wonderful. I love that. As far as getting in touch with you, how would they do so? Um, Email. My email is tyler.destefano at llfg.net. They can call me 978-907-6002 and we can schedule time to talk. Wonderful. Well, I definitely think you can help a lot of dentists out there. Uh, There's definitely an importance of getting it while you're young and healthy, like you said. Definitely a benefit of the rate not going up. I think that seems to be a big concern, especially later in practice. You are more valuable, so it'd be a little bit harder to get or more expensive where you may not need it. So I really appreciate you sharing that information with us. You're welcome. It's good to talk to you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate your time today, Tyler. It was wonderful learning about your company and how you can help dentists. You too, Allison. Great to talk to you. Thank you so much.